Well, good evening. Open with me to Joshua chapter 1. I don't know about all of you, but when it comes to trying to complete a project, I am more of a big picture person than a detail-oriented person. Anybody with me? Nobody. Okay. Pat's with me. All right. Thank you, Pat. So I work for Humana, and my previous boss, who's recently left the company to go do some other things, one of the things that I really appreciated about her was in Humana, being a huge company, you've got lots of layers of leadership. And so oftentimes you'll have a leader way at the top who's wanting some information, and me as someone much closer to the bottom is going to be the person who's going to actually do that work. Okay, and, and provide that information. But what happens as that request gets cascaded down through leadership and leadership, leadership, it comes to me with no context and I have no idea what the, the broader idea is that they're after. And so one thing that my previous boss was really good at was giving me context. And she'd say, all right, I need you to pull some data together and I need to see it. And here's the reason why. And for whatever reason, whenever she would explain to me why I'm doing this project, it would just motivate me more, and it would help me see that my work here at this company is actually important. It actually matters to people that are way higher up than myself. And so for me, being able to step back and to have an idea or to see the big picture was really helpful for me. And I wonder if some of you all are like that when it comes to the Old Testament, because I know that I am. And I know that I I probably focus far more and read the New Testament far more than I do the Old Testament, even though the Old Testament is far bigger. It's much more of our Bible than the New Testament is. But I I find myself often just thinking of the Old Testament in big picture themes. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're we're very familiar with creation and that God created the earth in, in six days and on the seventh day that he rested. Or maybe we're very familiar with the story of the Exodus, Right, how Joseph became a, sl- uh, a prisoner in Egypt and, and was rose to the second in charge in, in Egypt, and then the Israelites became enslaved. And then we know that Moses came, and Moses led the people out of Egypt, and then he uh, led them almost to the promised land, and then he died, and Joshua leads them into the promised land. And so we think about big, overarching themes and big things that have happened But I wonder how often we actually spend reading the Old Testament and getting into the details. Because for me, it's tempting to just step back and say, all right, big picture, I see what's happening, I see that God is at work, and that's great. But oftentimes, when we get ourselves into the details, we start to relate a little more, and that's at least how I feel. And I wonder if if we think about that same thing in life, in, in our existence, do we fail to step back and see the big picture and easily get bogged down in the day-to-day details? Because that also happens to me. Because we have the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation. We know what's going to happen. We know how this whole world is going to come to a conclusion. Now, we differ on some of the different details of how that's going to work out. But we know as a whole that God is going to conquer all right? God is not going to fail. His church is not going to go under. God will succeed in what he has set out to do. And I wonder if we find ourselves so immersed in the day-to-day details of life that we fail to take a step back and see the big picture of how God is working and see how our lives, which may sometimes seem insignificant, 
are fitting into the overarching story of what God is doing. And so I want us tonight to spend a little bit of time looking at some of the details of Joshua's life. So Joshua chapter 1, we'll start in verse 1, and then we'll just read the first nine verses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, some of you may be familiar with this passage. This is a, a popular passage in the life of Joshua. But God is asking Joshua to do a very specific task. We see at the beginning of this chapter that Moses has died. We know Moses as the leader of God's people. He, he did a whole bunch of great things in leading God's people through the wilderness and, and out of slavery in Egypt and going before Pharaoh. He did a lot. But now he's dead. And Joshua is the next one in charge. And so here, God is commissioning Joshua as now the leader of God's people who's now going to take the next step of leading God's people into the promised land. Now this is a promise that God had made all the way back in Genesis chapter 12 to a man named Abraham. God promised that Abraham would have uh, offspring, as many as the stars in the sky. And he promised that they would have a land to call their own. And God's about to fulfill that promise. But God is asking Joshua to do a great big task. So I want us to think, just for a moment, I want us to try and put ourselves in the shoes of Joshua. The Israelite nation is a very large nation. There's a lot of people. You can look back at, at some of the earlier books, and, and they even have uh, censuses where they count the amount of people in each of the tribes and there's a lot of people. So being a leader of a huge group of people, a, a nation, is not a small task. It's not just something that you're going to ask just anybody to do. And so as Joshua here, who was Moses' assistant, is now being asked by God to lead the people into the promised land, that's a big task. There are people that live on the other side of the Jordan River. And God is asking Joshua to lead the Israelites and to overthrow those people. 
And as we read through the book of Joshua, we see that he comes upon all kinds of different nations and all kinds of different kings try and band together when they hear of the success that Joshua and Israel are having. And so this is a big task ahead of Joshua. I wonder if we have ever felt in a similar situation to Joshua. We feel that what God has called us to do is a huge monumental task, and it puts a lot of pressure on us. It puts a lot of stress on us. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I have. And so here's Joshua. He's being asked to lead the Israelites, God's chosen people, into a land that's not their own, that's currently inhabited by other people. It's a big task. But I want us to look at the way God tells Joshua how to go about it. I want us to look at the way God is is encouraging Joshua as he's telling him what he's going to do. Look with me at verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. So Joshua's being asked to lead the people of Israel and to take over the promised land, the land that God has promised to them. But yet God is not telling Joshua to lead the people over and to take the land. He's saying, I want you to go over to the land that I am giving to you. Now we know that it's, it's not going to come easy. They're not just going to walk in and, and put a flag in the ground and say, our, our land. It's going to take some fighting. It's going to take some opposition But God is reminding Joshua that he is giving them this land. This may seem like such a simple thing, but this is big. We've got to remember that God made a promise to Abraham. And our God is a promise keeper. If God says that he will do something, it's as good as if it's already done. He will do it. And so he begins by telling Joshua, not that they just have to take some land, but he says, I'm going to give it to you. But look at verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. So in verse 2, God is using the present tense, I am giving. And in verse 3, he uses the past tense as if he's already given it but he hasn't already given it because they haven't actually gone over the Jordan yet. But here is is further proof that God is a God who keeps his promises. If God says that he's going to give land to a certain people, it's as good as done. But also notice the people's responsibility. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. God is saying, I have given this to you already. It's yours, but you still have to go and walk upon it. You have to go and take it, what I'm giving to you. This is a loaded verse. We could also talk about the sovereignty of God. God knows every single place where each of their feet are going to tread, every place of dirt where they're going to step foot. God knows all of that, and he's already given that to the people. 
So Joshua was being commissioned to do something great, to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. And he begins by telling Joshua, I'm giving you this land, and as a matter of fact, I've already given it to you. Verse 4, he starts to describe the, uh, the boundaries of the land. He says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Then in verse 5, he says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now here we are again. God is telling Joshua to do this great and, and, and awesome task. He's already said twice, I'm giving you the land. Matter of fact, I've already given it to you. And he says, now no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So that's anyone who's, who might be in opposition to you. Anyone that you may come across as you are taking the land. He said, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. God is guaranteeing the success of Joshua as they go and to take the land which God has promised. But he says something else at the end of verse 5. He says, Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. This is the first time God mentions this in this passage. God was with Moses. We saw that. There's lots of evidence of that as we read about uh, the life of Moses. God was with him and did mighty things through him. And God is now promising to Joshua that he's going to be with him the same way he was with Moses. And he says, I'm never going to leave you and I'm never going to forsake you. And now in verse 6, we see that God now commands Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, if you notice, when I read the passage for the first time, three times in nine verses, God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. Three times. This is the first. He says, be strong and courageous. You, sh you shall cause this people to inherit the land. He's saying you will have success in what you're about to set out to do. In verse 7, he says again, only be strong and very courageous. Then he goes into talking about the law that Moses gave him. So that's twice that God has commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous. But this is not the first time God has commanded him to do this. I want you to look back, just a couple chapters back, to Deuteronomy chapter 31. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, we see that, that Joshua is going to be the successor of Moses. Follow along with me at verse 1. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them and Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land when he destroyed them. 
and the Lord will give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So Moses is talking to all of Israel right there. We see in verse 1. But now look at verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Look over a couple verses at verse 23. And the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, what did he say? Be strong and courageous. For you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. Are you noticing a pattern? Are you noticing a theme? Look back at Joshua chapter 1. At the end of verse 5, God tells Joshua, he says, Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And in verse 6, he says, Be strong and courageous. Verse 7, he says, Only be strong and very courageous. Jump down to verse 9. He says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do y'all see the connection? Every time God commands either the Israelites or Joshua specifically to be strong and courageous, what does he remind them? I am with you. I will be with you. I will go before you. I will never leave you or forsake you. It's not a coincidence that God's promise to never leave or forsake goes hand in hand with being strong and courageous. See, Joshua's about to do a big task. Joshua's being asked to do something huge to lead God's people into the land that God had promised to them. And God is, is commanding Joshua. He's saying, you need to be strong and you need to be courageous. And all the while, you need to remember that I am with you. That I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Now, we'll, we'll come back to that in just a minute. But now look, look at verse 7 again. 7 and 8 here. He says, only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Does that sound at all like our call to worship? You see, God is reminding Joshua of his promises. 
God made promises all the way back to a man named Abraham, and God is about to fulfill. He's about to keep those promises, and he's reminding Joshua, I'm asking you to do a huge, seemingly insurmountable task, but he says, I'm giving you the land. I've already given it to you. You will cause the people to possess it. God is reassuring Joshua before he goes that he has guaranteed victory in what you're about to do. But he says, be strong and courageous, three times. And if we go all the way back to where he's commissioned to be the the successor of Moses, we see two more times that's told directly to Joshua and one time where it's told to all of Israel. Six times God commands, be strong and courageous. And every time he does, he reminds them, I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So what in the world does the law of Moses have to do with anything? Well, before we answer that question, I want you to look to Matthew chapter 28. You see, when we think about the Old Testament from a big picture view, we probably don't think much about how hard it might have been for Joshua to to lead the people over the Jordan and into the land. Surely there were some sleepless nights as he prepared to go before, uh, because not knowing what exactly he was going to see, not knowing exactly what that might be like. And perhaps maybe that's where we find some of us. Because God has called us to do a big and seemingly insurmountable task as well. Jesus, who is risen from the grave at this point, is, is... having a conversation with his disciples, and we'll pick up in Matthew 28, verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Does that sound familiar? That last sentence, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You see, we look at the Old Testament and we see Joshua being called to do such a big and awesome task to lead the people of Israel into the land that God had promised to them. And in a similar way, God has called us as Christians in the 21st century to do something very similar. God has called us to go and make disciples of all nations. Not exactly the same thing that Joshua was called to do, but similar. Jesus starts by saying that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He possesses authority over all things. Just as God had to remind Joshua multiple times, I'm giving you this land, I have given you this land, you will cause the people to possess this land. God, each time, is assuring Joshua that victory will be had as long as as you obey. 
Jesus is doing something very similar here. He says, all authority. This means all kingdoms, all nations, all rulers, all individuals that you will encounter along the way. All authority is mine. Every person on the face of the earth is under the authority of Jesus. Knowing that, Jesus sends us out. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. But then he reminds us. He says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we are being commissioned to do something big. God is using you and me to reach all nations that all people would bow the knee to Jesus. God could easily fulfill this by himself. God could easily swoop over the whole face of the earth and cause all people to to bow down and worship him. But he's not. He's calling you and me to do it with him. And God is is promising from the beginning that there is success as long as we obey, as long as we trust Him, as long as we understand that He has made promises to be with us and He will never leave or forsake us. And here's where I wonder if we ever take a step back to see the big picture. Because oftentimes, you and I might get bogged down and in, in, in perhaps you're witnessing to a neighbor. Perhaps you're witnessing to a coworker, Perhaps you're witnessing to a family member. And week after week after week and month after month and year after year, nothing seems to come of it. We can get pretty discouraged, can't we? Sam and I have some family members that are in that position. People that we love, people that we know, people that we pray for, people that don't bow the knee to Jesus. And y'all, it can be real easy to get discouraged, to start thinking that you know all the effort we're putting into it is, is not worth it, it's not paying off. Sometimes we need to back up and see the big picture. We don't know what God is doing in all the small details of life, but if we never back up and are reminded of what God has promised as a whole, we can get discouraged. We can get depressed. And we might fail to see how God is working in so many ways all around us. I was encouraged this morning sitting over here as Josh told story after story of people in in our church and in our community that have been experiencing God. God is working in so many unique and incredible ways that that if we're just so discouraged and not aware of what God is doing around us, then we miss it. Y'all, God is working here. God is fulfilling the Great Commission through us as we are being obedient in taking the gospel to first our community and then to all the different places in the world that we go. But remember that God called Joshua to be strong and courageous. 
In the passage in Joshua chapter 1, he, he told him that three times, to be strong and courageous. And after he tells him that the second time, look at what he says. Look back at Joshua chapter 1. Now here is where he says, Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Y'all, one of the key ingredients for you and I being strong and courageous to carry out what God has called us to do is to be people of the Word. God knows that Joshua needs daily to be hearing from the Word of God. The Word of God instructs us on how to live. The Word of God instructs us on what God requires. The Word of God is going to keep us focused on God. It's going to make us like a tree that's planted by the streams of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Y'all, the more we focus on the Bible, the more we are devoted to the Word of God, the more we meditate on it day and night, the more we're careful to do according to all that is written in it, the stronger our faith will be. And the stronger our faith is, the more strength and courage we will find in the promise that God is with us. If we know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if we know that the God who met with Moses in the burning bush is with us no matter where we go, that's going to strengthen us. That's going to give us courage. If we know that the God of the plagues who turned the Nile River into blood, if we know that that God is with us no matter where we go, that's going to give us strength and courage to carry out what he's called us to do. Y'all, God wants Joseph steeped in the word of God, not just because that way he can say he's a Bible-reading champion, but because being steeped in the word of God is how our faith grows. And as our faith grows, we will be strong and we will be courageous people who are willing to go to the ends of the earth to do whatever it is that God has called us to do because we know that he will be with us, that he will never leave us, and that he will never forsake us. Look down at verse 10. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions and within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Joseph's certainty in the promises of God leads him to act. I just said Joseph, I meant Joshua. Joshua knows that God is with him. Joshua believes that God is giving him the land and that he will not leave him or forsake him. And because he knows that, he goes back to the camp and he says, all right, pack up. In three days, we're going. 
Y'all, is that how you respond when God calls us to step out of our comfort zone and to obey him by bringing the gospel to name it, a coworker, a friend, a neighbor? Is your response, I know what God has promised. And because I know he will never fail, because I know he will never leave or forsake, I can do it. And I know he won't. He won't fail me. Y'all, that's what happens to us as we steep ourselves in the Word of God. Our faith will grow. Our confidence in this Jesus who promises to be with us will grow. And we will go and we will do great things for the glory of God. May that be us as a church here in Fairdale, Kentucky. Pray with me. God, we thank you for the book of Joshua. We thank you for the calling on Joshua to be strong and courageous. But God, we thank you even more than Joshua. We thank you for the God of Joshua, the God who promised never to leave or forsake. We thank you for Jesus who then commissioned us to go and to do and all the while promised that he would also never leave or forsake. God, may we as First Baptist Church of Fairdale be people who are steeped in the Word of God, meditating on it day and night, being careful to do of all that it instructs us, that our faith would be strong and that we would honor you and worship you in all that, our, all that we do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.